We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The Score! Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation, as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction, starring score baseball insider Bruce Levine and half of Chicago's number one sports morning show, David Haw, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, and always live on the free Odyssey app, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Good Saturday morning, Chicago. Welcome back inside the clubhouse right here on 670 The Score and your free Odyssey app, broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios. I am David Haw, along with Bruce Levine, talking baseball 9 to 11, like we do every Saturday morning, having our own personalized fan convention for you this weekend in case you're missing one. Morning, Bruce. Wow, David, nice shot right away, uh, right out, right out of the box here. We're here for the audience, Bruce. That's what we're here for. <laughs> I'm glad you're wide awake. Uh, we are here for you every Saturday, 52 weeks out of the year, only 51 in 2022. But we plan on being here all 52 this year, talking baseball from 9 to 11 on the score. David, as you know, part of the great uh, Mully and Haw show Monday through Friday, from five until ten these days, right? You get paid extra for that, right? David? That's right. Of course, Bruce. You know, <laughs> you know how we roll here. It's, Definitely. It's all about the it's all about the cash cash on the barrel head, and we are here for you Cubs fans, you Sox fans, and we have David special treats for both today. We have a great show planned. We have at nine thirty Pete Crow Armstrong, the highest highest rated prospect in Chicago this year after the Baseball America rankings. Looking forward to talking to that young man. We've had him before. Looking forward to doing it again at the bottom of the hour and at 10 o'clock. Equal time, White Sox manager Pedro Gafol will join us, and we'll talk to him about a variety of things, Bruce, but I'm really looking forward to talking to both guys because this is an offseason that has been exciting for both teams. The White Sox maybe not as active as the Cubs, but they did change managers. There's a lot of hope there are a lot, there's a lot of excitement i think with three weeks to go until spring training and we get a chance to kind of tap into that a little bit today 
Yeah, what a difference a year makes. Uh, at this point, we were still in a lockout last year, um, talking about what will right. the teams be able to do? When will they be able to do it? Well, at this point in time, David, I guess the question out there for our uh, White Sox and Cub fans are, uh, do uh, what do Rick Hahn and uh, Mr. Um, Chad Hoyer have to do in order to finish off their spring training rosters with three weeks left until we go? David, you have thoughts on that? Oh, I think that that's a good question for both sides of town. The Sox fans should be more active and lighten up the phone lines, 312-644-6767, because I think they have more to do. They have more to want. Their, their roster is more incomplete. They need a second baseman. They need a catcher. I think they could use another bullpen arm. Whereas the Cubs, Bruce, and we'll talk about this as we go throughout the show, they made a move this week and made it official. Trey Mancini, two years, $14 million. And after the Mancini signing, the Cubs have spent over $300 million this offseason, Bruce. They have added more new players than any team in the majors, and I think that falls under the category of the kind of intelligent spending that Jed Hoyer was talking about going into this offseason. Well, we'll see how intelligent uh, by, I I would say, Memorial Day, 4th of July, Labor Day. Uh, I I think that they've made some moves, and uh, I applaud them for uh, going that way. It's interesting when you look at the Cubs, though, David, the commitment to shortstop is real. Okay, that's that's a long-term sh- commitment. Okay, the commitment uh, to the pitcher, to Tyone, that's real. It's a long-term commitment. Everything else can be and might be stealth. It might be one year and out uh, for just about everybody else. You said two years for uh, Mancini. Uh, it's, it's a vesting contract, okay? Uh, and and he has an opt out. Actually, if he gets 350 at bats, he gets an opt out in his. So mo- most of the other contracts are one year, which I'm a big proponent of. I'm a an old school proponent of one year contracts. I think you get the very most out of guys. If there's nothing left, you know, there's nothing left. If there's nothing left from Hosmer, we'll know it. You know, at some point during the season, if Mancini isn't the player that he uh, was in the past. We'll know it. If Bellinger is able to re, re, retool and find his swing again, we'll know it at some point. Because on a one-year deal, it's all it's all serious business for both the player and the team. 312-644-6767. Let us know what you think about the unfinished business of the offseason for both the Cubs and the White Sox, if there is any in your mind. You're going to talk baseball till 11 o'clock here on Inside the Clubhouse. Then after... We uh, later today, all four NFL divisional playoff games will be here on the score this weekend. So you want to stay tuned for that because it is a one of the best weekends in all of the NFL uh, throughout the entire year. But we're talking baseball this morning. And Bruce, I want to talk. You mentioned Mancini and the vesting option and, and the bats that he may get. How does he fit in? I want to get your opinion and your insight into how Trey Mancini fits into the everyday Cub lineup because they in the press release identified him as a first baseman outfielder designated hitter. That's going to be somebody whose versatility they use to their advantage. Where do you see him fitting? Well, I see him in all three. Uh, I mean, look, uh, outfield wise, do they have better outfielders that are projected to be everyday starters? Absolutely. They do. But, uh, you know, Mancini has spent time out there. Uh, he spent time at first base. Obviously DH is a role 
that he brings with him from the American League. Cubs now in their second year of uh, full-time DH this year, which is, I'm still getting used to that National League, you know, off-season, David, where you go, oh, yeah, uh, they, they can put him at DH as well. I'm still getting my head wrapped around that. But from uh, all indications, the 350 at-bats for Mancini, uh, you know, where he can, you know, move on and, and declare a free agency again next year. Do you think um, that's really probably what what he's going to get if he's healthy all year? 350, 400, is that probably where at it's least, at? At least. I would think that's a low number, don't you? I think that if he hits – and this is a lineup that needs his power. He needs to, you know, be a guy that you ideally, best case scenario, what, between 15 and 20 home runs? That would be terrific for Trey Mancini. He's a guy that is a, a proven clubhouse guy. His story is as inspiring as any of the Cubs have, have uh, in, in their uh, organization because of what he overcame. He's a cancer survivor. Trey Mancini getting 350 at-bats to me seems like a low bar to clear, Bruce, if everything goes well, and he does – stay healthy and available, he can help this team in, in, in many ways and at many different spots. So he's going to get his playing time. Well, you have the mighty Mervis and you have uh, Hosmer. So from the left side, you know, if, if both uh, are there and, and the, the thinking now, David, and I've seen it written, I don't think it's been said directly by uh, Jed Hoyer or anybody in the front office, Thinking now is that Mervis is going to have to, like, wow everybody in spring training in order to make the team. Because now you have the platoon possibilities of uh, having Mancini and Hosmer at first base. Uh, Also, you know, DH-wise, you still have some openings. But you want Mervis, as we've talked about on the show over the last three, four weeks, you want Mervis to be swinging the bat every day at his age, okay? You don't want him having much bench time. That's why I don't think it's a bad thing, and I, and I think it depends on how you look at it. If you want to – obviously, there is a lot of hope invested in Matt Mervis, and he made a great impression at the Cubs convention, and he seems like a very mature young man. We've talked to him as well. But, Bruce, this is almost a luxury. Now they can afford. They don't have to rush him. He doesn't have to arrive in Mesa – with all eyes on him, is like, well, oh boy, you know, he looked a little slow on that fastball, or, oh, boy, did you see that hole in his swing? He can, he can wait, he can be patient, and they can be patient with him, and the pressure is now not as much and not as intense as it would be if they hadn't signed Hosmer, if they hadn't added Mancini. This gives them a little bit of a cushion, and it delays the, the timetable for Matt Mervis, and I t- think in a good organization, that is a positive development. Yeah, I think you're right, David. There's so so many different scenarios. I mean, you can see Mervis going starting at AAA, getting at bats, dominating that league if he can, and then depending on where Hosmer is at, Hosmer stays or Hosmer is a part of it. Mervis has moved up May 1st, and you know that starts his career. Two other things I want to get your opinions on before we get out to the phone lines, Bruce. It wasn't a trade that affected the White Sox directly, but it was a second baseman moving in their division. And the Minnesota Twins make a big deal, I think, in the defending batting champion, Luis Arise, goes to the Marlins for Pablo Lopez. And I think that a thorn in the White Sox side now is removed, even though I think that's a good trade for the Twins pitching rotation. I don't think anybody's going to be sorry on the south side 
to see Arise leave the division. Yeah, Arise will ping you to death. He, he's one of the best hitters in baseball. There's no doubt about it. But is he a, a, a must-have type guy for uh, a team that's uh, more the 2020s type team? You know, in, in other words, yet teams are starting to get back to contact guys. And, and, and it's going to play a little bigger now when you think about Arise and, and the shift, okay, as well. Uh, I mean, his 310 might be 330, 340 in the National League with the shift. But, again, he's going to ping you to death. You know, g- getting getting the pitcher, a dominant pitcher uh, for the Twins, I think is is a great move for them, as you said. I, I think it's a terrific move moving forward. And um, I think it may, makes them much more competitive with the White Sox uh, and the uh, Cleveland uh, Guardians going into the the other thing impossible to miss this year, if you're a Chicago baseball fan, or this week, excuse me, was that Baseball America released its top 100 rankings of prospects, and the White Sox had two uh, prospects on that list. Uh, Colson Montgomery was the highest at 39, Oscar Colas at 89. The Cubs had three. And coming in at 91, Kevin, Kevin L. Cantera, Brandon Davis at 84, and then our guest at 930, Pete Crow Armstrong at 25, the highest rated among the prospects, Bruce. Those guys, of the five, we think that Colas has the best chance probably to contribute on a major league level this year. Is he the only one in your mind? I don't know. It, it depends how the year plays out for um, Armstrong and Davis and the Cubs. You know, are the Cubs competitive throughout the year? Does that have an impact on whether uh, those guys are brought up uh, at toward the end? You know, do, do, they, do they dominate – their leagues and are they called up uh, after the All-Star game or um, sometime in August to help augment a team that has a playoff chance or take over a position like center field for one of them if indeed uh, the Cubs have moved on from Bellinger or Bellinger has uh, shown one way or another whether he's back or not. Uh, I think those are going to be some of the intrigues of uh, – 2023 for the Chicago uh, Cubs as you, you look at their roster and, and the moving parts. We love getting input from our audience with all kinds of ideas, and that audience includes our producer, Sean Sears, who wants to point out that Jazz Chisholm uh, is also out there having to play center fielder now, center field now, and maybe he could be a second base option for the White Sox. Is that realistic, Bruce? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't thought that one through yet. Um, Tell Sean to hang up I and think, listen for uh, his answer. <laughs> I'm waiting, Bruce. Come uh, on, man. Yeah. Well, what do you what are you trading for him? What do you what do you got? Exactly. What do you got going the other way? Uh, that's that's the you thing. Know, that, you don't you don't have really where, many options, right? Depth, uh, are you? Do you have the depth to trade for a player like that right now? Let's get some ideas that make some sense. Go out to the score listener line, powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, <laughs> beat the books. Download the BetQL app today, or visit betql.com. We find Paul. Our friend in Valparaiso, good morning, Paul. Welcome inside the clubhouse. Good morning, fellas. Um, you know, I, here, we're going for this all-defense thing on the north side, um, and I'm not sure I'm 100% on wisdom being a full-time third baseman or even Morrell. What if the Cubs bought low on an old Cubby favorite, Javi Baez, and really stuck to that, uh, put him at third base and really stuck to that defensive uh, step we're making here, and maybe he's rejuvenated offensively. He was way better offensively second half with Detroit. 
and I think he's got what four years at about ninety million left on that contract. Wow, Paul, that's an well, ambitious you know swing. What do you think, Bruce? Well, you know, David, uh, there's a friend over there running the Detroit Tigers who was in the Cub organization for a long time. So I think the Scott Harris uh, at the very yeah Scott Harris. So at the very least, a uh, conversation could take place there, and maybe maybe he'd want to move away, and may- maybe the Cubs could end up only being on the hook for maybe eight to ten million dollars a year for Javier Baez. That might be an intriguing number for a guy that uh, can put up huge numbers or can go through whole seasons like he did last year, maybe until the last month of the year without really having any impact whatsoever. On the other hand, comma, Scott Harris also might value Javi Baez's uh, impact on a team because he's seen it firsthand up close and personal, and he might think that last year was the exception to the rule with Javi. And you can see a guy who will fulfill the potential and the expectations that he came to Detroit with had a disappointing season, but if I'm Scott Harris and I have that kind of money invested in a player like Javi Baez, knowing what he is capable of, I am not trading him. Look, uh, Javi was always a hustling player for the Chicago Cubs. But after getting paid and having the year that he had last year, David, you wonder uh, if mediocrity would be okay with him, okay? I mean, (laughs) the the incentives right now are what? Help the Detroit Tigers win a World Series. That seems a few light years away right now. Um, What is the motivation factor? And when you're trading for a Javier Baez, if he is available, uh, you have to figure that into the equation as to what you're going to get out of the player. Let's go back out to the phone lines. Our buddy Ron is on the south side. Good morning, Ron. Welcome inside the clubhouse. Hey, good morning, guys. Let me just say this real quick. I never say this, but Sean is great. So let me, I just had to say that. Uh, uh, you, you know what, guys? When you the main thing that I'm stating obvious is is second base, and, and you all have, have already mentioned uh, maybe another catcher, but the main position. But and, and I want to ask you all, particularly Bruce. You know, you're close to the baseball situation. Have you heard any mention of anything as far as with the White Sox and you know, second base? So I, I I just come to the conclusion they're going to uh, Gonzalez or Sosa, which I think is going to be an issue. We mentioned this, uh, like Colas, but again, it's, it's, it's a rookie. It's, it's, it's going to be no different last year, guys, when we didn't really have an answer much for second base and, and, and short. Yeah, we feel a little comfortable with Colas. But uh, so I want to ask you, Bruce. I, I I just contend that you they don't have anyone that they can trade for. Thanks, Ron. Appreciate well, the phone call, Bruce. It's a good question. Remember, there's still a guy by the name of Liori with two years left on a contract. Okay, mm. I know, David. I know. <clears throat> I'm sorry to remind you, but uh, Liori is there. You have a new manager who we will be talking to at the top of the next hour here on the score. Um, and we'll see uh, how Leori figures into the equation. It was an awful year for him. He was injured. Uh, he, he, he didn't play well. Just another disappointing White Sox player in 2022. But uh, it's, he's still there to figure into the equation as well. It might not be the sexiest answer, but uh, that's, that's what it looks like. Right no, the answer, Ron, is no. I haven't. Heard them connected with any other second baseman right now. I was, 
Uh, I was wondering, you know, from last fall on how they were going to try to fill that hole. Uh, obviously, Harrison was okay. Uh, I think they need to do better than okay at second base going forward. Bruce, we had a segment on Friday morning, the Mullane Haw Show, that if we could ask Rick Hahn one question at a quasi-Sox convention, what would it be? And mine was that, okay, White Sox general manager, you went into this offseason talking about the creative trades that would needed, to be, needed to be made. Yes, congratulations on going the free agent route for adding Michael Clevenger and Andrew Benintendi certainly seems like a very smart signing and, and a good investment. Where are the trades, and are you done trying to make a deal? Because Ron's exactly right. I don't know how you go into this season talking about winning the division and unseating the Guardians with a rookie in right field, presumably, a rookie at second base, and an unsettled situation behind the plate. Yeah, I'm going to go with the third one first. That concerns me the most. Uh, You know, we've talked about it at length uh, on the show over the last few weeks. The fact that uh, Grandal has worked hard with a trainer to get himself in the best shape uh, that he's ever been in. Uh, obviously, the knee has impacted his career with the White Sox, probably from the beginning, but especially over the last two years. He's now going into a walk year uh, from what was once uh, up until uh, this last year, uh, the biggest contract in White Sox history. Um, what What is behind him? I mean, is... Zavala enough for you to feel comfortable if he if he shut down, you know who is who is your catcher? I, and again, uh, I'm anxious to talk to uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Manager today to talk about the fact that uh, uh, what is their plan as far as depth at that position? Bruce, as unhealthy as Grandal has been lately. Do we have to call it a walk year, or would it be more appropriate to call it a limp year? <laughs> Just ask. See, that's why you get the that's why you get the big bucks, and that's why your show is so highly rated during the week with Mullen. Okay. Uh, thanks, Just, Bruce. Okay, when we like come that. back, when we come back, we are we're, going we're to gonna... talk to the highest rated prospect in Chicago baseball this year, this week, Pete Crow Armstrong. There's, future center fielder for the Chicago Cubs joins us next on Inside the Club. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Pals, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw. But the name of Pete Crow Armstrong. Yeah. Now, you and I saw him in a Cactus League game 
In fact, it was the Cubs against the Dodgers over at Camelback Ranch about a month and a half ago, two months ago, I guess now. It was back in March. And uh, we were impressed. I, I know I was. I liked his at-bats. He looked like he had a good quick bat. He went the opposite way. Wow. He was alert on the bases. He made a nice defensive play. So he is apparently continuing to do good yeah. things in a, in a Cub minor league uniform. Yeah, he was impressive. He made a really nice catch in left center in that game. You and I did. We, we saw him swing the bat well. Yeah, he, he was very impressive. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score. David Hall, Bruce Levine until 11 o'clock. And, yes, we are going to connect with Pete Crow Armstrong in a few minutes. That was the voice of Hall of Famer Pat Hughes and everybody's all-star Ron Coomer talking about Pete Crow Armstrong last season, Bruce. A lot of excitement over this young man. I want to ask you this, because when you look at the Cubs' depth in their organization, it is at the outfield position. You look at their major league roster and you see Seiya Suzuki. You see with a long-term deal or another three years. You see Ian Happ, who you know wants to stay in Chicago and would be wise if you're the Cubs to get a contract extension done. And you've got Cody Bellinger on a one-year deal, prove-it deal in center field. How blocked are they in the outfield? Does it matter that the depth of their organization seems to be the young outfield prospects? How do you feel about all that? Well, David, I'll answer that by saying by uh, August 1st in the trading deadline, there could be two uh, big uh, opportunities in that outfield. Because if Hap doesn't sign a long-term deal, he would be trade bait going toward that, depending on where the Cubs are at. And and Bellinger's uh, performance would be deciding whether or not he gets at bats during the last two months with the Cubs or somebody else. So, uh, again, when you, when you look at the Cubs' year uh, ahead, and the White Sox, for that matter, you know, there's a lot of intriguing things, you know, that you can foresee uh, going forward. And, and a lot of it uh, has to do with their, the young players that are coming up from the system, like Davis, like uh, Armstrong. Now, now, keep in mind, Armstrong has only played at Class A, uh, a terrific young player with a, a, a tremendous amount of ability. But there's still work to be done this year in the minor leagues. Yeah, you're right. That's a good reminder, Bruce, because there's a long way to go, and we will take our final segment maybe of the show today to have some fun about other highly touted prospects that either did or didn't pan out in Cubs history, in White Sox history. Being somebody with potential, which is a loaded word, doesn't mean you're going to deliver production, even though you feel very good about everything that he has to offer, which brings us to our guest hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, and that is where we find the highest-rated prospect in the Cubs organization, and according to Baseball America, the 25th-ranked one overall. Pete Crow Armstrong joins inside the clubhouse. Good morning, Pete. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. I'm doing really well. How are, how are you guys? Doing well. Thank you for joining us. I just wanted to get to begin with your impressions and how – uh, much fun the Cub convention was. You were everywhere. You were introduced. The reaction had to be gratifying. I wonder what surprised you and left the, the, the biggest impression after Cubs convention last weekend. Oh, man. I mean, look, I, I'll, I'll just say this. Like, it, regardless of whether you're a Cubs fan, I think that actually be a fun experience for you. And, and I, I think that says a lot. But mainly I, what shocked me the most was, was the amount of people that actually – came through and 
you know, this was, uh, to my understanding, it was the first one in person in, in a few years here. And, um, you know, having there be, you know, a little bit of stuff on the come up, I guess, with us prospects and everything. And, and just with the direction that the, the big league club's moving, I, I think um, it was a nice little chance to, to showcase, you know, who, who the, the Cubs are about to be. And I was just super fortunate. I felt super thankful to be able to like share a little bit of my, my personal self with, with the people I'm about to be playing for, you know, it was, it was very exciting. Coming from a, a family of actors, both your father and mother, are both uh, esteemed actors in Hollywood. Um, let's cut to the chase, Pete. Uh, how quickly are you going to want your own radio and television shows here in Chicago <laughs> when you make the Cubs? And, uh, and, and do you plan on starting that as early as August of this year? <laughs> Um, shoot. Uh, you know, I think I would, I would, I would take another little guest spot on, on this, on this talk show or, or on, on the compound podcast with, with Happer and, um, and, you know, I, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if my, my personality would, would fit as much over a consistent amount of time. Right. I think you guys are so good at your job because, you know, you could do this every day. And I don't think I would be able to, to talk to people like this every single day. <laughs> well, you do a pretty good job so far learning learning the ropes as a professional baseball player, Pete. And I, and I just think uh, it, it's uh, obvious that the, the spotlight agrees with you. And now comes the hard part, right? You had a terrific year in South Bend, and I think everyone in the Cubs organization is excited about that. One of the questions you never know about young athletes when they start to show this kind of potential is how will they handle success? What, in your mind, is the key to you handling success? Uh, that, that's a good question. I, I think um, I think for me it is the constant reminder, and, you know, it's kind of like a constant reality check for, for me. You know, I, I like to, to, you know, I like to play hardball with myself in terms of, hey, you got to rem- remember that, that you know, this is just uh, this is just the start, I guess. Uh, that's how I like to look at it. I, I, I remember that, you know, well, I remember the feeling I had when I got drafted about, you know, it, it was it was great and it was a great accomplishment, but, you know, it's, it's a checkpoint. And, you know, everything that I do until I feel like I have created a place for myself in Major League Baseball – uh, everything I do up until then is, will always just be a checkpoint. You know, I think, uh, especially right now, the main goal, yes, is it, getting up there still and it's still working my way up. So it's about totally immersing myself in in the process of it all because we all want to win a World Series here. And um, I can't do that from the minor leagues, you know. So the goal is, is you know, I think, it, for me at least, I think it's years from now. So, um I've I've had certain success at certain levels, but again, it's it's not enough for me. And and the success I want to have is is while I'm contributing um, on that big league club. So, future center fielder for the Chicago Cubs, Pete Crow Armstrong, our guest on Inside the Clubhouse. And uh, Pete, uh, let's let's just put it this way: you uh, are already uh, let out out of the bag that you're invited to your first major league spring training camp. Uh, starting in February, which is uh, outstanding. Not too many Class A players are invited to Major League Camp, yet at uh, your tender age of uh, 21, going in 22, uh, you are, will be in Big League Camp. 
What What are your thoughts about that? And how surprised were you when you heard uh, the news that that was going to happen? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't know if I was actually supposed to say any of that, but um, <laughs> it's out now, and, and there's no there's no turning back. But um, but yeah, no, I'll I'll be there, and you know, I I feel lucky to to have gotten that invite for the main reason that. You know, I'm not going on going over there to to step on anybody's toes, right? And, and and what I mean by that is just I know that I'm not there to make a roster. And for me, I think that's that's really cool because it it, it just lets me be there and learn, you know. And I, obviously, the, the same rules still apply. It, you know, it's res- respect the uh, respect everybody off the field and respect your elders and everything. But but when I'm on the field, it's like you know the work the work's still the same. It doesn't really change. I get to be myself and. I think that's cool because, you know, hopefully, you know, God willing, I, I am up in the big leagues pretty soon, and and I want these guys up there to get to know me. And then the rest of the dudes that I'm playing with, too, who, by the way, like there's a lot of people in this organization that that could be in big league camp, right? They could get that, that invite. They um, they could get that honor. But, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful that it was me because it's just more work that's about to be done. And, you know, it's going to be work at a very high level. And, and hopefully, you know, I can play some part in, in benefiting that, that club uh, as, as they go off and, you know, start the season hot. So I'm really excited and I, I'm very thankful. Pete, I know you already have made some appearances last weekend during the Cub convention. You got a T-shirt that is modeled after you and Matt Mervis, Thunder and Lightning. Very nicely done. Yeah. And I'm sure that getting around Chicago was a bit of a thrill. And I know your father went to Naperville Central and introduced you to Wrigley Field at a young age. Just wonder how you were able to maybe share it with your family and what that was like your first time back here being celebrated the way that you were and being able to enjoy it with your family. It was, yeah, it was really cool. Um, You know, my my extended family, my family on my dad's side has been Cubs fans for much longer than I have. And um, I think it's cool that I kind of get to to carry that on for, for my family in a sense and, and in a in a different different way as well. Um that's that's a whole other thing though, you know, getting to bring my mom, she was there with me this weekend. Um you know, she actually she spent like I wanna say it's like from from fourth grade and then for, for a few years after that, she actually lived in Chicago uh, as well. But, yeah, my dad, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't make it. Uh, he had to go, go to Boston for, for a school trip. He's an English teacher. But, so I, I, know he was, I know he was bummed about that. But, again, like what I just try to remind my parents is, is, is just kind of trying to, to make my mindset clear to them. It's like, hey, like, this isn't going to be your last opportunity to go to this thing, right? Like I'm going to put in the work. I'm going to do everything I got to do to be able to come back and, and, you know, bring, bring you with me. But, you know, what was so cool about Cubs convention was I, I actually did see my, my aunt and my uncle who are, who are new season ticket holders and they've gone for the last four years and whatnot. So super interesting that, you know, I get thrown into this, this world now and, and I've already kind of existed in it for a little bit, you know, um, so I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. It's kind of it's a legacy type feeling for me. You know, I'm just playing. Pete, talk about your upbringing. You, you come from a, you know family of actors, as we talked about, but you you went to Harvard Westlake, which has a ton of of great young baseball players coming out of it. We know right. Giolito, Freed, Flaherty, 
many others that uh, more a little younger that uh, you played with. But it's a middle class um, neighborhood area, uh, but it's, it has actors in it. Growing up in that type of uh, atmosphere, what was that like? What is that like? Because every person we talk to that comes out of there, whether it's Freed or whether it's um, Giolito or it's Flirty, they're all great communicators. You, you, you are no less. I well, I appreciate that. I also I also appreciate you mentioning the younger crop of guys too, because you know I'll I'll talk about I'll talk about Harvard Westlake for days, man. Um, it's a great it's it's just a great place to be, and you know I think we can attribute a lot of uh, you know a lot of baseball success, but also just a lot of growth that that uh, has happened over the last few years, and I can attribute that to the the coaching and and stuff that I even had over there, but. Um, you know, anybody that lives in LA, uh, whether that's in, you know, in the San Fernando Valley where I grew up, um, whether that's on the West side, which is like Brentwood, Santa Monica, which is a little, you know, it's a, it's a little more luxury. Right. And I, I just think that you can't really escape the, uh, this is actually gonna be so hard for me to explain. Um, you know, baseball I guess is my answer to all of it because baseball took me away from from every other possible distraction that LA and what LA is might have might have brought um you know me loving baseball and everything I I wanted no part of of the entertainment world or anything like that and um being so caught up in in my baseball world I don't think I really ever you know noticed anything any any outside influences that that y'all are kind of talking about you know I think uh my world again it's always been baseball uh it just happened to be in a, in a in a hotbed for the entertainment business i guess but my parents did a great job of of kind of keeping me out of that that world they uh you know they never really pushed me to do anything uh they never really pushed me to go in, in any direction or, or another but they always let me decide for myself what i wanted to do and they were just huge supporters of me and my baseball life Pete, before we let you go, and really appreciate your time. The maturity is obvious. Your baseball IQ speaks for itself. And I just wonder, when you go into uh, your first spring training in about a month and you have a priority list in your head of things that you learned during last year's ascension in South Bend, what you need to work on, what will be your top priority going to spring training from a baseball perspective? Oh, there, there's, there's too much that I want to touch on to, to – really narrow it down to just, you know, my main priority because like my main priority is pretty, it's pretty general. It's a, it's a pretty wide range of things. And, you know, I think if I could give you the, the best answer I could give you right now is that we have two gold glovers in the outfield right now. And I think that that says enough, right? That's, that's kind of where I want to, that's where I want to make my money, right? That's where I want to, uh, that's where I want to win gold gloves. I want to be in center field doing all that. And, you know, now that we have Cody, uh, you know, Happer, I'll, I'll get to spend some time with him, you know, which is going to be a, a big blessing for me. Um, those two guys specifically, like if, if I'm not back there listening to them and, and watching how they move, then I am wasting my time up there. And a big league camp invite was, you know, it was a waste. So having those two guys, I want to just, I want to have binoculars on them all the time, you know. Uh, yeah, I just want to see what they do and how they 
how they move about their business on a baseball field and off a baseball field. So, um, yeah, I'd be foolish not to just be be all ears and all eyes. All right. So, David and I really appreciate you getting up early in the morning in California and uh, joining us and, and really kind of setting the tone for our show today. We appreciate that. Uh, my My last question to you is, your mother was in a baseball movie called Little Big League. How many times have you watched it? Okay. <laughs> and and uh, what type of impact did it have on you watching it, if you did, when you were much younger? Uh, because this is a movie that goes back, I think it was made in 1994. Yeah, it was, it was, well, it was before my time for sure. Um I don't know, man. I mean, I think it's such an overlooked baseball movie. Uh, I've probably seen it, at, you know, at, at least I'd say seven to ten times in its in its entirety. Um, shoot, though, I mean, that's you got you got the best 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 baseball player of all time, in my opinion, and, and Griffey in that movie. Um, and then you have one of the best pitchers of all time, and Randy Johnson in that movie. So it's like. The baseball, the real baseball talent in that movie is off the charts. Um, but what I think so cool, and I've gotten to actually meet a couple people who have, you know, who are who are in that movie. Uh, Tony Todd being one of them, you know, that guy is is a real athlete, you know, and that's what people don't get is like they had real real athletes in that in that movie, and my mom would tell me all these stories about getting to play catch with them and and just what what things were like on the set. Um, I, so I, I just think it's a great movie, not because of how it was shot and everything, but just because of the, the, the reality. It was super realistic. You know, like you had guys who could actually go out there and play. And I really appreciate that being a baseball player myself because I feel like sometimes baseball movies are done, you know, no 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 shade anybody, but they're just they're done poorly because people can't play this sport that we play. So, like, getting people in that movie to kind of take it a step further, in my opinion, I think it was great. Uh, just rem- so I think anybody should go watch it when they get the chance. Pete, thanks a lot. Uh, just remember, you have Midwest roots from your parents, and that also is a big part of being raised in a centered family and the way that you yes, stay sir. away from the, the other things with L.A. Looking forward to seeing you in spring training. David and I, thank you so much. Have a great day. Thanks for starting our day off with these, this interview. Thanks, Pete. Uh, great, great, Great thing to wake up to. Thank you, guys. Can't wait to see what's scripted next for Pete Crow Armstrong, the Cubs' top prospect right here on Inside the Clubhouse. We'll follow up with our reaction and other Cubs uh, thoughts when we come back. It's Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Uh, could be, could be unclear at this point. You know, again, sort of the same thing. Where they certainly, you guys are sort of hitting on some of the areas that we haven't that we haven't addressed yet. And so, um, you know, we'd like to we'd like to address you know some of those areas. Uh, how it comes together is it's hard to know at this point. You know, I think that that's... welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio six seven. The score, David Hall, Bruce Levine. That was the voice of Jed Hoyer on the Mullen Hall Show a few weeks ago and talking about the options in the bullpen for closers. Bruce, we've got Pedro Grafol coming up at 10 o'clock, but before we get there, wanted to get your thoughts on that very question. You were on the Marquee Sports Network this week with some very interesting possibilities 
of names remaining on the market if the Cubs wanted to go that route to supplement their bullpen. What do you think the possibility or likelihood is that they do that? And who are those names? Zach Britton, Michael Fulmer, and uh, a long shot would be Andrew Chafin coming back Hmm. to the Chicago Cubs looking at a long-term deal. Uh, I think the longer Chafin holds out, the stronger his position is. If I was his uh, agent, I would probably hold him out until spring training, to be honest with you, because everybody knows he's been a dominant left-hander for the last couple of years. They know that he can be a setup man on a very good team that uh, can help you win. Uh, And as people enter spring training and attrition begins for pitching staffs, which they always do, do, David, with injuries, I think his position gets stronger and stronger. So if you've waited already to January the 21st, why not wait till February the 21st and really have a huge market for yourself when people start dropping off? That's just my way of looking at it. But the Cubs have looked at all three of these guys. Fulmer is an intriguing guy, a guy that uh, you know has had some injuries over time, but uh, really has flourished when healthy. Uh, again, Britain coming back from uh, from multiple injuries, uh, older pitcher, but when healthy was a dominant guy. They're, they they need to fill in their their bullpen. And uh, you're talking and about yes. All-star caliber names, Bruce. Guys who in the past have been very good. The Cubs, if they're serious about contending, need to add somebody maybe with a little bit more experience and uh, with that kind of, those, those kind of credentials. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, look, the Cubs have done a tremendous job of adding bullpen pitchers over the last two years. Hoyer and company have uh, signed veterans, gotten the best out of them, flipped them for young talent, just terrific. Uh, the market isn't quite what it was uh, last year, so I think they're going to have to strike and, and strike pretty strongly uh, here pretty soon if they're going to solidify. Uh, to, to, to be honest with you, David, the, the weakest part of the Cubs right now, to me, is the, is the bullpen. What you would use for the back end, who would be your back end pitchers for that team right now? I agree with that being the weakness. 30 seconds, Bruce, because a texter asked me this Friday during the Mullen Haw show. Aroldis Chapman signed one year, $3.75 million with the Royals. He's one of those guys that fits the description. All-star past, probably doesn't have a right now in the, in the present. Did they ever consider Aroldis Chapman? I don't think so. Uh, there's, you know, there's been there, done that. He's a, a common pitcher now throwing 96 and 97 miles an hour instead of 103. So uh, from the left side, uh, 96, 97, still good. I think he'll probably still maybe have a couple of good years in in South Florida, but I don't think that was a consideration for them. Or Kansas City, where he now joins the Royals, and you don't know what to expect out of that team in that AL Central. You know what else the Royals have to do? They've got to replace Pedro Grafal because he's the new White Sox manager. And he will join us next on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Today. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.